your another episode of the Jones.com podcast, but this is uh, the first ever episode of a segment I'm calling NBA Talk. You will see the artwork for NBA Talk posting with this podcast. So, um, yeah, uh, I hope you guys like it. But um, before we get into NBA Talk, I'd like to just um, tell people out there that the Skate 3 servers are online. So if you're a fan of Skate 3, uh, like I am. Um, you can hop online and play some Skate 3 competitively. You can play some, um, you can download some maps. Like, I'm a huge fan of Skate 3. Y'all know that. Like, I'm a huge advocate for Skate 3. It's been, well, I think it came out in like 2010. So it's been nine years since we got a new Skate game. And uh, we've been begging for another one, and EA just refuses to give us one. But hey, they just turned the servers back online. They do this like a few times a year. I don't know why they shut them off just to bring them back online. I don't know what they're doing over there. They don't know what they're doing over there. But anyways, it's not a podcast about that today. Today we're talking about the NBA and their new rule changes. See, originally I was going to start my first episode of NBA Talk with me just telling you how I feel about every team. I wrote up notes or whatever, but I might get to that at the end of the, uh, the episode. I might run through that. But um, for now, I want to talk about these new rule changes the NBA is proposing. And um, I'm not a fan of any of them. Like, all of them sound pretty stupid, all right? Now, the first one is the reduced schedule. And they're just talking about reducing it to 78 games. And that's just four games. And sometimes teams play four games in one week. So, like, what is really a week, you know? But at the same time, four games per team, that's what? 15 times 4 is about, what, 60? So that's like 60 games not being played. So that's ad revenue. Um, that's Yeah, that's ad revenue for each game. That's also, what, uh, arena revenue. Then the people who get paid. Like, it's, it's, that's a lot of money being lost if you're just reducing 60 games. I don't know how much, but that's a, I feel like that's a lot of money being lost. So I just don't really think reducing it to 78 games. And the reason they're thinking about reducing it to 78 games is due to the fact that a lot of players are starting to rest a lot early, calling it low management, which doesn't really mean anything, shall I say? I, it, yeah, it doesn't really mean anything. It's just players, uh, in particular Kawhi Leonard, is resting after back, back-to-back games and – He's just not playing like he just won't play back to backs. And so the NBA has done a, a better job at reducing the number of about uh, reducing the number of back to backs in each season. Yet we still have players sitting out back to back. So I just I'm just really not a fan of players sitting out anything like I'm never a fan. I'm never a fan of players getting injured. I'm never a fan of play, a fan of players sitting out. But the reason they sit out is for the postseason. Right. Now, here's my thing. If you're only making the entire season about the postseason, then, like, you're basically saying the regular season does not matter. In that case, the MVP doesn't matter. Rookie of the year doesn't matter. Any of these, like, regular season stats and the regular season games, they really do not matter is what you're saying as a player and as an organization by sitting players during the week. I mean, during the games. And as a fan – it's like a terrible thing. So, like, last year, Kawhi was in Toronto, and I was going to go to a Hawks game when Toronto was coming to town. But I was like, whoa, if Kawhi's not playing, I really, really don't really care to go to the game. Like, 
I what Siakam wasn't who he is now. I'm not a fan of Kyle Lowry. Vlan Bleak wasn't father Vlan Bleak. So it's like, bro, I'm not gonna go watch the terrible Hawks team and the Koalas Raptors. So I really didn't go to the game. So it's I don't think uh some of these players realize that. A lot of people spend their hard-earned money to come watch them play, and they they don't play. It's kids, and um, it's kids who are on field trips and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, this is the only time they gonna ever get to come to uh an uh, uh NBA game or yeah, just the NBA game in general. And the CD star players and these star players are just not here, especially like Western Conference teams coming into the East and Eastern Conference teams going to the West. Like we only get the Lakers once a year. We only get the Warriors once a year, the Clippers once a year. We only get all of these teams once a year from the West Coast. So if you were to come to Atlanta and you weren't playing, that really that's that that really hurts the 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 league. Like it really does. And there and the league is trying to cut down on games due to the fact of what? Um Players get injured over an 82-game season, but four games isn't really anything. And if they cut the league to 78 games, Kawhi's still going to sit out those same games. He's still going to play 65 games. There's still players who are going to sit out and rest. It's just it's just not a real, real smart proponent. I'm just not a fan of cutting the league shorter. I think players should just respect their jobs because it is their job to show up each and every night unless they are truly injured. Unless they are truly injured, then I don't think they should play. And then, like, I, I listened to the pull-up podcast with C.J. McCollum, and he was just talking about all the travel that they have to do sometimes and the stress that goes on the body. If anybody's ever worked a physical labor job, you work back-to-backs. And you you have to work back-to-backs. You have to go in every single day, five days a week, usually, and work. And you're doing as much physical labor as these NBA players. So, like, a back-to-back excuse or the travel excuse, it really doesn't mean anything to me. Because we we regular people who aren't getting paid millions of dollars have to still do physical labor back-to-back. Like, I worked at UPS for five years. And I worked there. I worked a part-time shift, right, which was, like, about five hours. But we really worked, like, seven, eight hours a day. So... If I work Monday, shouldn't I get Tuesday off? That's that's how these NBA players are like looking at it because I don't know. I don't even understand how they even came to this conclusion that it's okay because uh, manual labor workers work longer hours than the NBA players. NBA players work, what, 35 minutes a night? They probably got well, shoot around, stretches, um, and, and what? that's about it. You got 35 minutes of actually running up and down that court. And then you get breaks within that 35 minutes. It's like sometimes you walk down the court. Sometimes you just stand in there. You know what I'm saying? You're not it, like every minute of that, you're not chasing somebody around. Then you sit down, you get breaks within the game. You get quarter breaks, timeouts, halftime. Like I'm just really not a fan of anybody making an excuse about the soreness of their body when it comes to the NBA. Like I'm just really, I really don't care how you feel as a player if you are healthy then you should play every single night if you have the ability to go out there you should play every single night like if 
if you get injured <laughs> on a manual labor job, if what, what these like what these, what they'll do when they send you to the doctor, the doctor will find any possible way. When you go to the like the company's doctor, they'll find any possible way to make sure you're not sitting out, to make sure you're not getting paid leave. But for somehow in the NBA, they're okay with the concept, like these organizations that is not the not the league itself, but these organizations are okay with the concept of resting, like paid leave, honestly, because sometimes the players don't even show up to the games. Like if you're if you're injured, at least show up to the games. Like Kyrie didn't show up to Boston the other night, and and it's not like Boston's a West Coast trip. Like he had to fly to LA, and then then Portland or whatever. No, he had to go to Boston. Boston from New York is not far. I don't understand why players aren't even showing up to the games. It's just really disrespectful to the fans and to the league itself. And I'm just really not a fan of the low management thing in general, right? So uh, I really think they should uh what make it harder, much, much harder for players to sit out. Like if you're sitting out a game, you must sit out like a minimum of 10 or something like that. I don't know. I just, that's um, maybe not 10, maybe five games. If you're sitting out, then, you know, you're going to actually sit out until you're completely healthy. Don't in and out the season to be disrespectful. I'm not a fan of that, right? Now, the next uh, rule they're thinking of, another stupid rule, is uh, a playoff play-in, okay? So, they're proposing that in the uh, instead of starting the playoffs with the regular seedings one through eight, they're proposing the teams seven through ten play a little mini tournament. So it's like what seven plays a ten seed and the eighth play the ninth seed, and the winner of those games will play another game for the seventh seed and. The loser of the seventh seed game would be the eighth seed, right? And it'll be in both conferences. And so I, I guess this would be like a March Madness thing, like a one game, one out type situation. And they're saying it's giving uh extra team, it's giving like certain teams a push to get into the playoffs or a chance to get into the playoffs that they never had before. And I'm like, bro, if you didn't make the playoffs, you didn't make the playoffs. Like, I'm not a fan of that. Now I am like I understand if there was like two teams with the same exact record. And they split their season series, then, and and they're fighting for the AFC. I, I I am a fan of them playing a game to determine who makes that like who makes the eighth spot, but not a not a playoff tournament before the actual playoffs. Like that, no, I'm not. A, no, that's stupid. Like, what is this college? <laughs> that's exactly what James Harden said. He said, "Is this college? What what are we doing? A the ten seed is getting the chance to." To what hit a game winner against the seven seed, and that that way the seven the actual team who had a better record during the season is out of the playoffs just like that. No, like I'm not. No, I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of that at all. That's just like just leave it how it is. There's nothing wrong with the one through eight seed, and that that really bleeds into the next rule change, which is getting rid of conferences. So if they get rid of conferences, right? No west, no east. It's just the top sixteen teams make it. Then that way, uh, what usually the East teams have the best record, so it'll be like Milwaukee, maybe, and then maybe Denver, LA, and so on and so forth. Like, that's how it would go, like, seeding wise. But in that way, uh, Eastern Conference teams will play Western Conference teams in the first and second round, all the way up into the actual final. So there could possibly be 
uh, all Western Conference Finals or all Eastern Conference Finals, right? Now, my issue with this is, let's say Miami makes it to the playoffs. And let's say the Lakers make it to the playoffs, right? And they got to play each other the first round. The flights between L.A. and Miami for a week span to go back and forth between those two cities is ridiculous. The travel is just ridiculous. Like players are already complaining about travel now. For them to do that within a week, and let's say that that goes to a seven-game series, like the more games you play in a series, the less breaks you get between each game. So game five is normally at what the um the team with the home home court advantage, right? The, game five is normally at their arena. Game six is at the other arena, and game seven is back at the home team's arena, which means from LA to Miami, that is three flights. Three unnecessary flights. Three un like that is that is ridiculous. Like no one needs we really don't need that. And then like I don't see how this would even go through because you would have what? Let's say you're an Eastern Conference team, right? Like the Eastern Conference teams, what, five through eight? Now they're looking at as an owner, you're like, oh my goodness, my team is not gonna make the playoffs anymore due to the simple fact that all the better teams are in the West historically. Now I don't understand why the, the East just don't have better GMs or whatever, but hey, that's not the point here. But it wouldn't make sense for an Easter Conference owner to say, "Hey, let's let's do this," because I don't. I just it just doesn't make sense. Like if you're Milwaukee and you get put out of the what second round because you're playing a better what you're playing Houston or the Clippers or the Lakers. You get put out of the second round, and at that point, you're like, wow, we could have, like, Milwaukee really could be in the finals if we stuck with what it is now. So you're now taking your team from a, a second round exit to a finals exit, potentially, or a finals win, and now you're looking at, like, what, two rounds of lost revenue? And then once you make the conference finals, that's shirts. You got conference finals shirts you can uh sell. You got conference finals champion shirts you can sell, hats merchandise then you got finals merchandise you could sell it's just you're just really losing out on a lot of revenue and like that's not even counting the tv advertisements and arena advertisements everything parking whatever ticket sales it's just you're losing out on a lot of revenue for by doing this the only only positive side to that will be um for the fans i guess because like i said earlier as a western conference team I mean, as an Eastern Conference uh, native in Atlanta, I only get to see the Lakers one time a year. Now, if Atlanta ended up being 16th and the Lakers were one, we would see Braun two more times in our like our arena. So that time, that way, we would get to see the Lakers three times. And like, if it pushed it to seven, maybe four. You get what I'm saying? So I, I think, uh, I think that will be the only positive. But there's just really no reason to even think about messing up the conferences. And what, like, if we just got rid of conferences, would that really change the All Star game? Because now the All Star game isn't East and West anymore, which I'm not a fan of. I mean, like, the picking teams things is cool, but like, go back to East and West. I feel like you were playing for pride there, you know? Like which conference is best? Also, if you went back to East and West, you can make it like baseball to make them play seriously. As in, 
in baseball, whoever wins the All-Star game gets home field advantage in the World Series. So if they did that in the NBA, then you would really have a full-on competitive game in the All-Star game, right? Now, if they get if they're thinking about getting rid of conferences in the for the playoffs, why don't we just get rid of conferences for the All-Star game? And that way the top what 24 players, I say they should uh, move it to 26 because now we have 13 active man rotations instead of 12 historically. And it's been like 13 over the past what 3-4 years. So yeah, they should move it to 26 uh All-Stars and from either conference like like it doesn't matter what conference you're in if you're good enough to be an all-star you should make one of those 26 because players like Damian Lillard get left out because it's, it's so many guards in the west it's so many guards in the west and um when it comes to hall of famers be like oh he only made the all-star team this amount of times or that amount of times right but who made the all-star game last year in the east uh it was some bums yo some bums made the all-star game and you're like bro why is he here and you be watching an all-star game. Like Vucevic, he's not a bum, but he didn't deserve to make it over a lot of players. And so you just end up looking at like, yo, why is this player here? Why is this man in the all-star game? And I feel like if you were – I think that would make way more sense than just doing it for the playoffs, like getting rid of conferences. Do it for the all-star game. I think that would bring in more revenue for the all-star game, have people watch the all-star game a lot more. I'm glad the dunk competition hasn't been trashed over the past few years. Like really all-star weekend has really brought – it's like – um, hype back and I'm really like a fan of all-star weekend but um yeah just really just do the no conferences for the all-star game don't do it for the playoffs that's that's just dumb that's real real dumb like I don't know who ideal that was but um yeah I, I understand like people have been talking about it for years but it just never logically made sense to me for like thinking from an owner's standpoint from a player standpoint from a like from a fan standpoint as well like if you're an eastern conference fan and your team is usually like let's say you've been a charlotte fan over the past few years charlotte's running at eighth seventh seed if that charlotte's not making the playoffs anymore if you're if you're if you're gonna uh get rid of that so as a charlotte fan you're like no we want to make, see our team make the playoffs so yeah i'm just not a fan of that and then the last rule change is um uh, this one is in my on my notes, but I know they were thinking about this. this is a, a mid-season tournament, and I don't understand where that would fit in. I like a mid. <sighs> see, college the, the college does mid-season tournaments. The Euro League does mid-season tournaments, and it really in, in the Euro League they get bonuses and prizes and whatnot. But in the NBA, they barely care about their regular season. What would a mid-season tournament mean? Would players sit out? Uh, it's just, it doesn't really make sense. I don't understand where you would fit it in the schedule. Like, do you just take the month of February off? Like, I guess, all right, so All-Star Weekend, it's like no games leading up into All-Star Weekend. Or like, it's like a break. It's an All-Star break, right? So, I guess if I was to propose this, it would be two weeks in February, we would have a tournament between what the bottom four teams. Yeah. The bottom four teams at each conference and they will do what a best of three series. This is mind you. I'm making this all off top. Like this is all off top. Uh, the bottom four teams at each conference, best of three series, and they're playing for lottery odds, shall I say. So instead of tanking, you're, you really have an objective goal to win each game. Right. So that way, like tanking, like they already, 
um, made tanking pointless with the new uh, odd system. But with that, if you was to win that tournament, you would have a a, a way higher chance, I say, of uh, getting the number one pick. So um, I think that would be a cool mid-season tournament. And, it, and that would be what? The 12, 11, 10, and 9th? Is that it? What is it? No, it's 16 teams per conference, isn't it? Hold on. Let me look it up. Let me look it up. Look it up. But, like, yeah, I think that would be the only reason that would make sense. It's 15 teams per conference. So, yeah, the 12th through 15th team in each conference. So, right now in the East, that would be Chicago, Cleveland, Atlanta, New York, and then San Antonio, New Orleans, Memphis, and Golden State. So, those, those eight teams would play a small – Two round tournament, uh, best of three series in what two weeks leading up into the All Star break, and it wouldn't affect their record at all. Like it wouldn't affect like their regular season record, but it would affect the, uh, their lottery odds. Uh, and it, um, since at that point, most majority of the season is over, but like they're not knocked. Those teams are knocked out of the playoffs, but they're we we kind of have the playoffs sort of kind of figured out. Like the ninth, the eighth. Eighth seed is really like the point. Like from eight to ten, to like twelve to fifteen, them teams don't really matter at that point. So, yeah, I think a midseason tournament only could work if that was the reason for the midseason tournament. But outside of that, no, I don't see a purpose of the midseason tournament because the better teams are already resting players, so they're they're not what interested in participating in it. But I think the format I just really came up with, I think that could really work. Yeah. So, um. Outside of that, like it's just no purpose of a mid-season tournament because in um like they've already made like if you win this tournament, right? Do you get a trophy? Do you throw a parade? Like <laughs> what is it? Do you celebrate? Do you pop champagne in the locker room because you won this little championship? Like it doesn't really matter. And like if you if if you're on these teams, let's say you are fighting for lottery odds. Are you happy that you won the lottery odds? I, I, like, I don't really know what that means. And like, I think if that's the if that tournament if that tournament if that tournament determines lottery odds, you can only tank up the up to a certain point because after that, tanking doesn't matter. At, like, literally after that tournament, tanking would not matter. You would have no purpose to tank because your lottery odds would be defined in February instead of waiting to the end of the season to see who really uh the t- like who how the lottery ends up um pacing out. So really I think that's cool. I think the what the lottery is with the la- the first 15 teams, I guess you could what bid for those what 9 through 15, I guess, but that's pointless cuz those teams I I think maybe they should go back to the old odds and just use that system. But yeah, I, I just, you know, or just have the lottery the first the worst eight teams, and then once you're in, the, I think you would at that point be fighting to be the best of the worst, and and that and that would really bring on entertaining basketball. So, yeah, um, that's all for right now. You know what? I actually am going to get into these uh NBA my take on each NBA team. So throughout the season, you can hear how I'm feeling about each team if I ever decide to bring them up. A lot of times I won't really bring up a specific team due to the fact that it's really about storylines and how the NBA is really shaping out. So, um, yeah, I'm really going to get into that now. So, you know what? I had the notes, right? I had I have made a list of notes. I went through every single NBA team. And it's gone. 
it's like not saved in any of my anything. Like, let me check my iPhone notes because it's not. It's definitely not on my Microsoft Word. That is that is wild. And I sat there and typed that up. It took me like two hours to go through my take on each NBA team. And it's gone. So I guess I'll give y'all a quick run through, run down real quick. Man, if you made it this far, thanks for rocking out with me. Um, right now, we're going to go in order from worst to best based off records. Originally, I did it in alphabetical order, but not here. So um, we're going to start with the Western Conference, Golden State. How I feel about them. We really do get to finally see how trash Draymond really is. Like, he ain't nothing but a solid role player. He's not doing anything spectacular this year or any year whatsoever he's only he's only ever put up lonzo numbers and it's just he's just been overrated for this entire time the entire go to state series and i'm i'm happy he's finally playing with players that aren't stars because there was a lot of fans say oh draymond would be the star of his own team right now like yeah right imagine so yeah glad he's out of there and um yeah I'm, i'm just really glad that like I'm not happy that the Warriors are injured, but it's it's nice to see them take a season off. It's it's tough that they're still scheduled for a lot of uh, national TV games and like people don't get to see Curry play or Clay play. Cause I went to um I went to New Orleans and watched the Warriors play before uh Curry got injured. And it was amazing to watch Curry play in person and watch him warm up and whatnot. I saw D'Angelo Russell play. And um also got to see Brandon Ingram in his new form. So it was it's, it's real tough to not see Curry out there and Clay out there, but it's, it's nice to see them taking the season off and we can have something to look forward to because they've been really, really dominant over the past five years. So, yeah, uh, that's just my take on the Warriors. And um, really, this is the time for them to develop new talent. Uh, really get to see if uh, uh, Steve Kerr is a good coach. He really isn't because I've seen other coaches take nothing and turn it into something. But I, I understand he's playing with a lot of rookies and a lot of injuries. He's dealing with a lot of injuries of, like, the players who aren't rookies. But at the same time, like, you could be a good coach. And um, it, it's like they're getting blown out very, very quickly. And, like, Steve Kerr's not even really trying. So it just really shows that he hasn't been, really been the best coach over the years. He's just been blessed with talent. Um, moving on to Memphis, I really do like how John Moran has been playing. He's really, really good. What, 18 points per game? It's not bad, but it's not it's not, it's not the greatest, but that's pretty damn good for a rookie. Uh, the rest of the Memphis Grizzlies, I feel like they can step it up. Jaron Jackson has been pretty solid. Valanchunas got to do better. And the rest of that team just got to do better. They are really, really close into games, but it just always – they don't know how to finish. And that's what the issue with is with a lot of young teams. They don't know how to finish. Uh, Moving on to the 13th spot, we got New Orleans Pelicans. Um, Zion's not here, so I guess they're blaming their losses to that. Uh, Brandon Ingram is really good. Like, his his progression over the past season – like, I don't know what he did this offseason, but he is really good. I don't want to say LeBron was holding him back because his first two seasons, he was some mid, some good mid. But, like, this year, like, he's, he's been unstoppable. I really believe he should win most improved. I don't understand why he's not in the conversation for that. But, yeah, Brandon Ingram was really good. I have an issue with Lonzo, how he just refuses to go into the paint. Drew Holiday is pretty solid still, but, I mean, he ain't nobody. And the rest of the team is just – just out there. It's a lot of new faces and new places out there. And they really just don't know how to win. They do have some veterans. JJ Reddick, this will be his first year ever missing the playoffs. But um, yeah, moving on from New Orleans, we didn't really expect much from them. We just really would like to see Zion back. Um, San Antonio, right? This is my favorite team. 
don't shame me or whatever. But yeah, San Antonio has been pretty pretty disappointing from the start. Um, we were we were five and two and then lost like eight straight. Uh, we they did just beat the Clippers recently. They're two and eight in the last ten games. So I really wish San Antonio would just pick up the pace. I don't understand some of their pickups, the players that they're playing. Uh, Derek White is now starting. Dejounte Murray, who was I was never a fan of. Like you can look at his numbers, there's just nothing impressive about Dejounte Murray, and nothing has ever been impressive about Dejounte Murray. And I don't understand where the hype came from. He tore his ACL, he got the like slap, from, like the stamp from LeBron, and then like. DeJounte Murray this, DeJounte Murray that. Like, I never saw it, even as a Spurs fan. So I just really hope they get some new personnel. Um, uh, DeRozan and Aldridge have been in trade rumors, but I don't really know what we can get for them. I don't really know the direction of our team right now. We just exist. Not a fan of it, but um, I did get to see them play in person this year for the first time in my life, so I'm happy I did get to see that. But they did lose to the Hawks, which I'm a fan of as well, so it's not really that bad. But um, moving on to OKC, uh, people thought Chris Paul was going to get traded. And I don't think people realize that he can't get traded really until February because, what, 60% of the league is on new contracts. So, like, most trade packages really don't work, and no one really wants to take on Chris Paul's contract over the next three years. And he's really not that productive. OKC doesn't really want him. They got him for draft picks. And uh, I think they really just want to build a young core. I think they was trying to get Tyler Hero, but Miami wasn't letting, letting up. And I think that's a great thing because Hero's playing great. But um, I I really want to see more out of Shea, Shea Gillies Alexander. He's playing solid, but he's not doing nothing spectacular. Like, he could be, you know. But, I mean, it's only his second year, so – that's players I want to see develop, like not no DeJounte Murray, because DeJounte Murray developing is just, I understand he's coming off the injury, but at the same time, like he ain't did nothing to prove that he's good to me. I don't know. I, I, I might bring him back up like three or four more times because I really don't like DeJounte Murray. Uh, 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 right above OKC is Portland, who recently signed Carmelo. Shout out to Carmelo Anthony. Shout out Carmelo Anthony, like 22 points per game. Over the past three games, over 50% from the field, 18 points per game on the season. He is doing really, really well. But Portland really isn't doing to the fact that they're down. Well, Whiteside missed a few games. They lost um, Zach Collins. They lost a few of their wing players in the offseason. And Nurkish still isn't back. And the team's really just been injured. Dane missed a few games. So Portland is on a three-game winning streak right now. But they really just coming out of, like, a terrible slump, and also they've had one of the most rigged schedules of the league. They've what had what three back to backs thus far. They got four out of the, the the seasons twelve in the first month. They've already played the Clippers, the Lakers, Denver, Boston, what and Milwaukee, I believe. I'm not mistaken, and Philly. They played all those teams already, so I think they had one of the toughest schedules, and they're hurt. So it's really not. It's just too look, look, what lose lose. Lost losses. I don't know. But it, it really ain't helping their schedule. So they're sitting at 8-12, and 12, so they're really struggling. At number 9, we got Sacramento, who was a huge disappointment. 7-10. to 10, Like, every year we keep waiting on the emergence of De'Aaron Fox and the emergence of Buddy Hill. Like, we just keep waiting on it. Now, they're, they're putting up numbers, but they're not putting up wins. They picked up Harrison Barnes, and I can't think of the other. They picked up Bogdanovich over the offseason, one of the Bogdanovich brothers. And I really don't know the difference between each one, but I know both of them can play their ass off. So um, picking up those two players 
and they're still not really winning games. That what uh, uh what seven and ten. Also, looking at this, I see they've played seventeen games while the Spurs have played twenty. Portland has played twenty. So I, I think the NBA should do a better job of managing how many games each of these teams play. Like there's a three game difference already in the league that I just don't think that's fair to certain teams, how certain teams are getting bit, what more breaks than others. What Golden State has also played 20. Um, the Lakers played 19. Denver has played 16. It's just, it just doesn't make sense how they're building the schedule for more teams to get more rest than others. And it really shows when it comes to wins and losses or whatever. Uh, at the eighth spot, we have Phoenix, who's pretty good. Um, DeAndre Ayton got slapped with a, what, a 25-game suspension due to he was taking something to clear his piss, according to the NBA. And so since he was taking that, they just assumed he was on drugs and suspended him, which is wild to me. But, hey, you can get suspended for being assumed to be on drugs. So, yeah, uh, he's been he, – with his suspension, they still ain't been that bad. They're 8-10, and 10, but they're in the eighth spot of the Western Conference, which is a playoff spot. Uh, Devin Booker has been playing good. Kelly Oubre has been playing great. That is my player for the season. Look out for Kelly Oubre last night. He put up 22 and 11, if I'm not mistaken. Um, at the seventh spot, we finally got the emergence of Cat and Wiggins. I don't know what woke these two players up, but they're fine. Well, Cat, Cat has been solid his entire career, but Wiggins, Wiggins is finally playing like the number one pick that he was drafted to be. And he's finally playing like that contract may be worth it. It's not worth it, but it may be worth it. He's finally playing like that. If they could get like one more player who they already had, which was Jimmy Butler, they could get one more player. And I think that could take them over the top. They just need that veteran leader who's going to teach them how to consistently win and keep keep them uh, consistently motivated. At the sixth spot, we got Utah, who is pretty much what we expected them. Um, what? Uh who, who am I referencing? Oh, Mike Conley. That's the player I'm looking for. Yeah, Mike Conley, uh, he was traded there and don't know why. He really isn't helping much. Mike Conley hasn't been playing great. I've never been a big fan of Mike Conley. But Donovan Mitchell is playing really well. Rudy Gobert is – I don't know if he's still out, but I know Giannis gave them boys 50 when Rudy Gobert sat out. So, yeah, um, Utah really don't have too much feelings about them besides go Donovan Mitchell, a big fan of him. Um, at the fifth spot, we got Houston, which is one of my favorite teams to watch this year since they got James Harden and Russell Westbrook. James Harden is averaging almost 40 points per game once again, and Westbrook is not averaging his triple-double. But he's he's like when Westbrook is on, you can really tell that he's a former MVP. Like Westbrook as, as a role player of this team, because Westbrook really just sitting around until like, you know, he's part of that Houston offense where – Harden dribble, 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 dribble. Maybe step back, maybe dri- drive, and that's just the entire offense. And if he gets double team, he kicks out. But while Westbrook is playing alongside that, he's still averaging, what, 20, 22, seven assists, six rebounds? No, seven rebounds, six assists. So I think that's pretty good. And then one of them is always on the floor at the same time. So um, shout out, Houston. I'm really a big fan of them. At number four, we got uh, Luka Magic in the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, they they have the same record as Houston, but here's the issue with Dallas, and this is why they won't really go far. They don't have a third player that's consistent. They don't have a second player that's consistent. I'm not the biggest fan of Luka. I'm like, 
eventually they'll figure him out because he's not quick. He's not that flashy. He's like, I don't understand. I think NBA players have very, very low IQs. So like Luca is just tearing them apart right now. So, um, yeah, Luca's playing really well. Average a triple double over the month of November. And at the same time, Porzingis is very inconsistent. He started off pretty well, but as of late, he's just been there. Like he's not doing anything spectacular or whatever. Uh, right above them at 14 and six um, with the Los Angeles Clippers, they have dealt with sit outs of Kawhi Leonard. I don't want to use the word injuries. I, uh, Paul George was injured at the beginning of the season, but ever since he's been back, um, he's been playing really, really well. This may be his best season. Like Paul George has only been a great player over the past two seasons. Argue with your auntie who don't really know sports, because if you think he's been a great player outside of the past two seasons, you're smoking something really well because just look at the numbers he hasn't been great but he has been good and this like these past like this season and last season he's been great and um yeah that Kawhi guy just needs to stop sitting out games Patrick Beverly is just one of the most overrated defenders in the league today Lou Will has been playing great as well um yeah right above that we got Denver who I haven't watched that one game of yet so I really can't tell you anything about Denver don't really have a take on Denver don't really see Denver doing anything. It's just like the Hawks from 2015. Yeah, y'all good, but like that's it. Y'all cute or whatever. Like we don't care. Um, also, uh, Denver has um, not been playing Michael Porter Jr., who everybody had high hopes for. So I don't know if he's just not that great of a player as we thought he was or it's just something we don't know about Michael Porter and the, the reason they're not playing him. Right above Denver at the number one spot in the West, you got the Lakers with Bron and AD and, like, the entire new team. Over the offseason, they got rid of everybody except Caruso, Kuzma, and LeBron. Literally everybody. Oh, and KCP, the Lakers' favorite player. So, um... Yeah, they're 17 and 2, but at the same time, they haven't played any good teams. The only good team they played thus far this year, you got the Clippers. They beat Dallas. I I think yeah, they, I think they beat Houston, but Dallas and Houston aren't that great. I don't want to use them as great teams, but they they beat those two, but they lost to Toronto and they lost to the Clippers. And that's I think that's the only good teams they played. Was that four games? If it's like four, four games out of 19, and so they're 17 and two, and they split those four games of the good team. So after that, every team they play has been very, very bad like, very, very bad. They play OKC twice, they play Portland, Sacramento, Phoenix, Golden State. Um, then they play Chicago, Detroit, they just played Washington. Like, they really have yet to play a good team. Like in doing this, like they're on a what a 10 game winning streak or whatever. I don't know how many games it is they've won straight, but they haven't like doing this span. It's just been a straight bad team after bad team, and they've only had one back to back, if I'm not mistaken, compared to Portland. So it's 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 a fact that they've had the easiest schedule in the league, like the easiest. But I'm not knocking them for winning games they're supposed to win. It's just want to throw that out there. I'm not, um, people are talking about Braun being MVP, don't understand how, uh. AD has been playing, what, pretty much decent. People are still calling him a top six, top, what, five player in the league. Once again, don't know how. Um, But I do like the fact that Dwight Howard has been playing 
really well in those limited minutes that he does play. Just showing the fact that he's never been washed. Like they tried to say Carmelo was washed, not washed. They're trying to say Dwight was washed or is washed. Dwight's not washed. He's just like NBA offenses have just ruled, tried to rule him out of the league. Like we don't have any big, we don't have any, what, um, uh, rebounding dunkers anymore. Like we have DeAndre Jordan who they might, people might say he's washed, but I mean, he's not doing nothing wrong. He's not, it's just DeAndre Jordan, uh, Andre Drummond, uh, Ru- nah, Rudy Gobert wouldn't fall in that category. He's not athletic, but Dwight Howard, like all of those players, are pretty much the same type of player. But somehow Dwight's wise, but Dwight hasn't had the same amount of minutes these other players have had. So, I mean, yo, shout out Dwight for playing well, and um, shout out that boy KCP for carrying the boys to victory as he do. Now moving on to the Eastern Conference, the New York Knicks are who we thought they were. And that's that on that. I don't think I should speak any more upon the Knicks. They are some dirt. Um, their offseason was horrendous. I think RJ is playing pretty decent, but outside of that, they're dirt. They have four wins. Two of those were against Dallas, which is hysterical. But I mean, outside of that, like the Knicks are dirt. Then we had Atlanta, who also have the same record as the Knicks, but in the Hawks defense, they started off pretty good until John Collins got hit with that 25-game ban for HGH, the drug that has made LeBron really, really healthy over the past few years. So, yeah, um, the human growth hormones that John Collins was taking, man, um, yeah, they suspended him for 25 games, and ever since then, the Hawks haven't looked great. Trey Young has been playing amazing, but outside of that, nothing from Atlanta. Um then right above them, we got Cleveland. Colin has been playing really well this season, but they're not winning games. Cleveland doesn't really aren't in a position to win games, shall I say? I don't know. I don't really watch the um, Cavaliers at all. No, I really don't. I just don't. But yeah, um, Tristan Thompson has also been playing well. But yeah, skipping past Cleveland, uh, we got Chicago, another team you expected to be bad. They started off pretty well, but. Um, yeah, now they're what six and fourteen. So yeah, we don't really, we didn't expect much from Chicago, but we didn't think they were going to be this. <laughs> yeah, we did. And then Laurie Marketing is struggling this season, but Zach is playing well. My favorite player on Chicago right now is Kobe White. I love Kobe White. I don't know why. I just like Kobe White. So yeah, shout out Kobe White. And then we got Detroit. Um, Blake is finally back, but there I still don't see them winning many games. Uh, D. Rose started out the season pretty well. He was averaging like 23, but now he's like some mid. Drummond started out. He started out the season really well, but I mean, Detroit doesn't know how to win games. They just know how to put up stats. So that's Detroit's issue. At number 10, we got Washington, and that's really just Bradley Bill with the green light. I don't know if he's still averaging 30. I can check real quick. Bradley Bill is averaging 28 points per game, seven assists, and four rebounds. So yeah, uh, he was averaging 30 at a point, but yeah, it's just really the Bradley Bill show. And somehow he's pulling out victories out there. And for the 10th spot, I guess he got six. So that's two more than the Knicks. But once again, they've played 17 games. The Knicks have played 19. We got teams that's played 20. So it's just they need to do a better job with this. Then um, right above Washington, we got Orlando, the team with no direction. They I don't even know who they drafted this year, even if they had a draft pick at all. They signed Markel Fultz, who is the the quietest bust ever, shall I say? Like, he, he might be the quietest bust ever. 
I think Vucevic is out. I don't know. They got Mo Bamba. I don't know what Orlando's goal is. They like over the past what few years they were just drafting like power forward after power forward, center after center. Like I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I think they picked up Jonathan Isaac, Mo Bamba, Aaron Gordon. All oh, while they have Vucevic playing well. I'm like, bro, what are y'all drafting? Like I I, I don't understand their goal. And then right above that, we have Charlotte, who's doing a lot better than expected. Because Charlotte, to me, they really maxed out their entire cap with nobody on their team. So um, PJ has been playing well. Malik Monk has been playing well. As you see, I'm running through these teams because uh, I don't want to hit the hour mark of this podcast. Right above that, we got Brooklyn at the seventh spot. They're 10-9. And, and, yeah, this is showing Kyrie really can't carry a team. Once Kyrie went out, they started playing a lot, lot better. They, I think they won more games without Kyrie than with Kyrie. It's just, yeah, Kyrie's a cancer to the team. Clearly, uh, he doesn't – I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of Kyrie and being on teams by himself. Um, they picked up, what, DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen. KD's out for the season. So, um, if Kyrie doesn't win more games than D'Lo did last year, then can you really say Kyrie is better than D'Angelo Russell? Like, let's be honest. Like, Kyrie can put up numbers, but he's not a winner. And winning is what matters. Um, Indiana is right above them. That's a team. I don't know much about them. I just know they have three TJs. I don't know where they found three TJs. They got TJ Leaf, TJ Washington, and like I think Montgomery. I don't know. I'm probably made that last one. I can just look at the roster. But yeah, they got three TJs. Yeah, TJ McConnell, TJ Warren, and TJ Leaf. I, wow, I was what one for three. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, TJ McConnell, TJ Warren, TJ Leaf. And um, still no Oladipo, sadly. So um, yeah. But they're twelve and six. So hey, shout out to them for winning their games that they're supposed to. Right above them, we got Philly, who's thirteen and six, who's not that much better than Indiana, I guess. Um, Ben Simmons finally hit a three. Tobias Harris is out there doing what he does, I guess. I don't know. He got a max for no apparent reason. I think we should just stop handing out these max contracts. And then B. Really hasn't – it's just nothing – like, this team has not gotten better over the past three seasons, and that's their issue. They just really – they're just not getting better. They just they just exist. And so I don't want to say they've reached a peak because all of these players are young, like really, really young. But at the same time, it's like, bro, what are y'all working on in the offseason? Like, y'all still have the same issues from two seasons ago. So, yeah, that's their big issue. Um, right above them is Boston, who's been playing really well – Unfortunately, Gordon Hayward got injured, so I think they lost a few games due to uh, the fact of that. But Jalen Brown got signed, and he's been showing he's worth it. I think he's putting up like 18 a game. I, I should just stop guessing. I can just look at these numbers. Um, Jalen Brown is putting up, yeah, 18 a game. Hayward's putting up 18 a game. Kimball is putting up 22, and Tatum is putting up 20 a game. Look, like So you got, what, four players averaging almost 20 a game. 20 a night, above 18 a night, and then Marcus Smart putting up 12, playing the defense that he plays. So uh, Boston, if they can stay healthy, I think they're one of my favorites to uh, make it out the East. And right above Boston, we got Miami. They got the same record. But in Miami, Jimmy Butler really just changed the energy around in that team, just making them work harder, play harder. And Tyler Hero, he's been balling. Nobody on this team is averaging 20 points per game, but we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players averaging over double digits. Kelly Olenek is right there behind that with nine points per game. So that's an evenly spread team, and they just know how to win. They play hard. I'm really a fan of that. Uh, Kendrick Nunn was looking like an early vote for rookie of the year, but he slowed down. So I think he's still in the top five. 
Tyler Hero's playing good. They got this guy named Duncan Robinson, no, who no one's ever heard of, but he's been balling. So, yeah, shout out Miami, and I just really like what they got going on down there in South Beach. And Jimmy Butler, man, like he's really like – that's what you call a leader, to take a group, a team. Because when he signed, everybody's like, oh, he don't want to win. Why is he going down there? And he was like, yo, are y'all acting like I'm not a star? Are y'all really acting like I'm not a star player? And and you really see that he's actually a star player. He got um, Miami at 13-5. and five. So, yeah, uh, shout out to him. Um, right above that, we got the Kawhi-less Toronto Raptors who are playing really, really well without Kawhi. Pascal Siakam is putting up 25 a night. Kyle Lowry is still putting up 21, but he's out. Vlan Vliet is putting up 18 and a half points per game and seven assists. So, yeah, uh, this team really is off a championship high. I don't know how long they can keep this up, but they really had this confidence about them. It's like, yo, we won the championship. We really won a lot of games without Kawhi Leonard last season. So we we going to show y'all we don't really need him. He didn't make us. He didn't identify us. We were good before him, and we're going to be good without him. So shout out to Toronto. Still not a fan of them winning the championship. I'm just not a fan of anything Toronto, and that's just me. And then number one, we got the Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference, and Giannis is really just built different. Between him and James Harden are the best players in the league. I don't care what nobody has to say. I don't know. I don't care what you have to argue. Giannis is putting up 31 tonight and almost 14 rebounds off of a 55%, really 56% uh, field goal percentage with six assists, uh, a, a, a one and a half steal and one and a half blocks tonight. I saw him play last week. Most unstoppable player in the league between him and James Harden. Those are the best players in the league. It's nothing to really argue. Those are my MVP candidates thus far. And, um, that's really uh, all 30 teams in the NBA. And if you rolled me this long, uh, shouts out to you for listening to the Jones.com podcast. This is the first ever episode of NBA Talk under the Jones.com podcast. And there will be many more episodes of NBA Talk um, throughout the season. So shout out to y'all for rocking with me. This is Jones.com podcast, and we are out.